1: Let's dive into the final topic. The final topic for today's show is going to be looking at the sophomore class. That's the rising sophomore class in their name. And when you look at this team and you look at trends and you look at, you know, past teams that have had success and you try to find little glimmers and then you break down this year's team and say, boy, the junior class is going to be so important, right? I mean, you talk about, that's the Joe Waltz, the Blake Fishers, the Audric Estimates, the... Deion Colsey's, uh, Jaden Thomas's, Mitchell Evans. That, that class is going to be important. The veterans are going to be important. I mean, you need Sam Hartman to play well. You need Riley Mills to break out. You need Jordan Patelho to kind of finally get going. You need Xavier Watts. You need Cam Hart. All those guys are important. But when I look at this current roster and I think about the talent level, where it's at, and the needs that this team has, I kind of came to the conclusion that it's the sophomore class that could truly be the class that can put Notre Dame over the top or not. And and that was sort of the premise of my discussion. Obviously, you need your quarterback to play well. Obviously, you need your defensive line to play well. There's not a lot of sophomores there. You need Cam Hart to be big time, as I mentioned. You need Audric Estime to stay healthy and be that guy. But even if all those things happen, and Joe Waltz, an All-American, and Blake Fisher's great, and Zeke Carell's really good again, and Sam Hartman ball's out. This team's going to be really good, but I don't know if this team is going to be a championship-caliber team. I don't. I think you look at the sophomore class and in a lot of different ways. You need this class to, to really take a step up to fill depth needs and to fill impact needs, and that's what I'm going to break down and kind of state my case as to why I think the sophomore class is really going to be the make or break unit. Cause there's some freshmen that will be an impact, but you don't often see a lot of freshmen making an impact. When you look at the Clemson team in 2018, it wasn't the freshman class that, that put them over the top. It was important. I mean, you had obviously Justin Ross, it was a sophomore class. It was, it was, it was uh, Trevor Lawrence. It was Travis Etienne. It was T Higgins. It was that group that really put that team over the top. And I think this year's class can be similar for Notre Dame. Not quite the same impact because there's no Trevor Lawrence. But when you look at the rest of it, I think it's vitally important.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: Let's begin, obviously, on offense. I think Jaden Thomas is going to be really good this year. I think he, I think there's a chance he leads the team in receptions. There was somebody that asked him the question, why do we feel that way? Well, it's a very good route runner. He's thick and physical. And as I've stated in the past, I think Jaden Thomas is going to be the guy that ends up taking some of the stuff that they did with Michael Mayer last year. Not all of it the attached stuff, that'll be Mitchell Evans. Mitchell Evans will still get plenty of opportunities and the other tight ends will get opportunities. But some of the stuff where Michael Mayer will be lined up outside, running the, some of the crossers, the overs. And why do I think that? Well, we kind of already started to see that in the bowl game. When you look at some of the routes and some of the ways that 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 Jaden Thomas was used, the underscreen, the over concept on third down, those were routes that Notre Dame had been using Michael Mayer for. Even on some of the balls that, that Jaden Thomas didn't get, you could see the route, the way they were using him. He was taking on some of the things that Michael Mayer had done as a detached player, not not in the slot. He's not a hybrid tight end. It's just instead of Michael Mayer being that third down guy, Jaden Thomas became that third down guy. And and so that's when you look at it, that's what I'm referring to as far as him taking on some of that role. Some From a volume standpoint, I won't be shocked if Jaden Thomas is the team's leading receiver, but that's going to only take you so far. You need guys who can make big plays, and yes, there's the Deion Cole's. He can be that, you know, could could add some of that, and he needs to step up. You know, you look at Chris Tyree is going to be very important. He needs to step up. But to me, what's going to make this from being a good receiver class, a good receiver unit, to one that is good enough to a light and compete for a title is going to be the emergence of Tobias Merriweather, the only receiver in this class. And, and what I mean by that is, of all the receivers in the roster, he's the one that brings the skill set that I think is most needed to really take that next step. He can be a volume guy if you need it, but it's more so it's giving you a a, a legitimate vertical option. Now, Tobias is not a burner, never been a burner, but neither was T. Higgins. It's more about route running, length, skill set, ball skills, knowing how to get open, and then having good speed for that size. And I think that's what Tobias brings to the table. He's a guy to me that if you can have Jaden Thomas and the tight ends and the boundary guys, Chris Tyree doing his thing, Jaden Greathouse coming in as a freshman doing his thing. Tobias then goes out there and let's say he only catches 40 to 45 passes. But if he's averaging 17, 18, 19, 20 yards a catch, then all of a sudden that adds a, a totally different dynamic to this offense. And it makes this offense so much more difficult to defend. If Tobias becomes a guy that, as a field outside receiver, and he'll move around a little bit, but as a primary field outside receiver, if you have to account for that guy in your offense, it makes it a lot more difficult, a lot more challenging for a defense to account for the rest of it. Because a a boundary guy is, is you got to defend him, but just the very nature of him being a a boundary defender or player, you have certain things you can do where you can use the field, the sideline. to to help you and and with a field guy if you now have to put more numbers to the field it's going to naturally leave you with more creases to be hurt by in other areas screen game run game things like that and so to me when you look at Tobias Merriweather his emergence has a huge impact on how you defend the other receivers how you defend the tight ends and how you defend the, the run game And it doesn't have to be where he's 75 catches for 1,200 yards. If he does that, great. It doesn't even need to be that. It needs to be 40 to 50 catches, averaging 17 plus a catch, and being a legitimate weapon to throw the ball down the field to on goes, post, deep overs, routes like that. If he can be a consistent weapon on those, it has a significant impact on the rest of the offense. Number two. Jadarion Price. You could throw Jabron Payne in here as well from a depth standpoint, but I think Jadarian Price getting healthy at some point in time this season could have the biggest impact of all the running backs not named Audric Estime. I honestly, I truly mean this. I don't care if Jadarian Price carries the ball one time in the month of September. I don't. If he's not healthy till Ohio State, which is the end of the month, or into October, that's fine. Just get him back healthy and back to the player he was. And if that takes an extra month of rest and development and training, and that's fine. Because if you can put this kid on the field in October, November, and in the postseason, healthy, and back to his freshman year form, just his freshman year form, you add something very important to your offense because you now have added an explosive, dynamic, complementary weapon to object estimate. You say, well, Jeremiah Love could be that guy. He could. Jadarian's a different type of runner than Jeremiah is right now. Jeremiah is a slasher. Get the ball outside. Use your speed. Make people miss. Catch the ball. Jadarian is a one cut. He's 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 a combination of Dexter, Williams, and Josh Adams. What I mean by that is He's got Josh Adams' home run long speed, but he's a, he's more athletically similar to Dexter Williams. So imagine if Dexter Williams had Josh Adams speed. If you all remember, Dexter was like a four five eight guy on the 40. But the thing that made Dexter so good is he had the great first step. He was if he was a four five eight, he was a four five eight on step two, where Josh was a four five eight on step seven. Uh four, four, eight on step seven. When you look at Dexter, he was he was he could hit holes. He was a one cut go slasher, and and he had he had that that vision and feel for the game that you really needed that Josh didn't always have. Jadarian's more like Dexter in that regard, but he has the home run speed that Josh had and brought to the table. If not, maybe a little bit more, and he's a much better weapon. So you combine that kind of home run threat with a guy with a a, an all around guy like a Jeremiah Love with sort of the the Logan Diggs role that I think Jabron Payne can play in the type of runs. And then you have a freshman or a, a junior in Audric Estimate doing his thing. Now all of a sudden your running back position is loaded. If Jadarian's not able to get back to, to full speed, you still have Devin Ford, you've got Jabron, you've got Jeremiah. I don't know if you have the same impact talent behind Audrick. And if for something were to happen to Audric and he goes down, then you're in trouble, in my opinion. If Jadarian steps up not that he's able to take over the full load for J- J- Audrick. I don't think he'd be able to. But you just have one more guy to where now you're running back by committee look with Jadarian and Jabron and Devin Ford and then Jeremiah Love as a freshman. All of a sudden, you're like, we're we're, we're, we're good. We're good there. We don't have that one bell cow back in Audrick, but we're good there. And I think that's what Jadarian brings, where if you take him and Audrick out of the equation, or if he's just not the player that you, you want him to be, even if he's healthy, then all of a sudden things look a little bit different, and and so I think I think he is a very important part of this. And by the way, he's a from the state of Texas. Next, you look at the tight ends, Holden Stace and Eli Raridan. Eli Raridan, everything I just said about Jaden Price is I, true of, of 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 Eli Raritan. I don't want to see Eli Raritan in September. I'm not even sure I necessarily want to see him in for much of October. You've got to get him healthy because his future is much more important than his present. However. If he is able to come back sometime in October, you just added a a, a healthy, fresh option to your tight end room and to, to at a point where your schedule gets really ramped up. And then, of course, Holden stays. I expect Mitchell Evans to be the number one tight end this year. I think he'll do fine. I think he's a good player. I think Mitchell's going to have a good offseason. If he stays healthy, I think he'll be the next really good Notre Dame tight end, not to the level that, that Michael Mayer was because there's nobody like that. I think Mitchell could be a really good football player. The question is twofold. Number one is, can well, really three, can Holden Stace challenge him? I think that is important because if Holden Stace challenges him, that's going to make Mitchell even better, number one. Number two, if Holden Stace is challenging him, then you're going to be much more comfortable when you are in your 12 personnel saying, hey, let's throw to either tight end. And nothing frustrates me more is when you go 12, a lot of 12 personnel and you never throw the ball to your number two tight end. drives me nuts because you're basically telling the other team, don't worry about accounting for that guy because we're not going to throw him the football. And so I hope that you know if, if if Holden really steps up, then all of a sudden you're in a situation where you say we need to find ways to get him the football as well, and that gives you even more options. I'm a former offensive coach, guys. I love toys. I love weapons. I love being able to say, "Hey, I got seven, eight, nine different ways I can hurt you personnel wise, and there's nothing you can do about it." And so I think that's an important piece of this as well when you look at. Uh, a guy like Holden Stace really stepping up. And then number three, the other part of it is is if he is able to step up if Mitchell goes down. As much as I like Mitchell Evans, the reality we all have to embrace is that he's been injured two to- in each of his first two years. He got banged up as a freshman and got hurt in the spring, missed some time this year. He was fine when he came back, but he missed time. What if he goes down again? If Holden Stace doesn't step up, then all of a sudden your tight end position is not what it was. Kevin Bauman is just a solid depth player at this point in time. Cooper Flanagan, I think, can help you as a freshman as a blocker. But if Mitchell goes down, you're not going to have Eli Raritan probably for half the year, in my opinion. Then all of a sudden, tight end becomes a problem. And it's not a strength that, that I think it can be. So you also have that insurance in case your starter does go down. So there's a lot of different layers to it. But of course, Holden also has the talent to to step up and say, no, no, I I know Mitchell's older and he's talented, but I can be that dude. And I think Holden has that talent. I don't know if this is the year we see that fully. He's certainly capable of it. But if he really breaks out and has that that really big sophomore surge, because we always talk about the sophomore slump. Right. But what about the sophomore surge? Those guys that really take that big jump in year two. If Holden is one of those guys. All of a sudden now you have a much, much more dynamic tight end room, even if Mitchell steps up and plays well. Because now you have two guys that have starting talent and starting potential from a production standpoint. And then, number one, you take less of a a burden for Mitchell Evans, meaning instead of him eating up the high-volume reps that Michael Mayer had last year, you can take 150, 200 snaps off of that burden, which means now Mitchell's going to produce and play but you've made you've the wear and tear on his body is not going to be as 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 hard and as taxing as it was Michael Mayer, and now you're getting production from both of those kids who bring similar but also different enough skill sets that you have to defend them differently. And then all final piece on offense is Billy Shreff. Look, I think the offensive line is going to be good. I think the I think Zeke Rose is going to be good. The tackles are going to be great. I think whoever ends up as the other guard spot is at least going to be steady. The big wild card for me is Billy schrath He's arguably arguably the second most talented offensive lineman on on your roster outside of joe walt i'd probably put blake fisher ahead of him right now but billy Shrouth has got that kind of talent i'm talking about the returners i'm not talking about jagasol i'm talking about the returners but he's a redshirt freshman who never didn't play a snap last year how good can he really be in his first year we'll find out is he going to be a guy that is a redshirt freshman really struggles or is he going to have uh, Tommy Kramer type of red shirt freshman year where he's he's good not great has some young guy mistakes but still a pretty good physical run blocker because Tommy Kramer was pretty good in 2017 in a rotation with with Robert Hainsey or does he have more of a Quentin Nelson Quentin Nelson-esque type of red shirt freshman year if you remember Quentin Nelson didn't play in 2014 starting left guard job in 2015 and he was excellent and now I'm not saying that Billy Schrouth is going to be as good as Quentin, but what I'm saying is, is Quentin just, just, I mean, he fit in perfectly. It helped that he had a, a center that had some experience and Nick Martin to one side and a veteran tackle to the other side that helped him get going sooner because he had two veterans that could help him with things. That's exactly what Billy Schrouth is going to have. You're going to have Zeke Carell as a fifth year senior at center. Now going into second year as a starter. You're going to have Joe Walt as basically a three-year starter to your left side you're going to have that veteran presence around you. And so if they can help Billy continue to go and he can kind of take that next step as a player, all of a sudden I feel really good about this offensive line being elite. I truly believe that Billy Shrouth could ultimately be the key to this being a pretty good offensive line or a great offensive line. And again, just another sophomore who plays a big role in what this team is going to be offensively. And then final piece on offense, Steve Angeli. There's a chance that Sam Hartman is going to get hurt for a series, for a game, for a stretch of games, and if that's the case, as of today, Steve Angeli is the guy in the best position to do that. Can Steve make the growth as a player mentally? Can he make the? What I mean mentally, I'm referring to knowing the system and and those type of things. Can he make the the jump fundamentally and production wise to step in and lead you to some big game victories in those situations? Right now, he's not there yet. Can he get there? That's the question. So even though he's in a different situation than the others, he's another sophomore that could be a very important player for Notre Dame this season. Defensive class is a little bit different. Obviously, Benjamin Morrison needs to at least be what he was last year. You just can't have any regression. If he just repeats his last year, you don't even need a sophomore surge from Benjamin Morrison. You just need to make sure he doesn't have a sophomore slump. That's the key. Jaden Mickey is going to be an important player for them at cornerback this year. I think Jaden Mickey's a guy that holds one of the keys to the success of this secondary. The reason I say that is, obviously, you've got your starters. You've got Cam Hart. You've got Benjamin Morrison. Benjamin was healthy last year. Hopefully, he stays healthy. Cam Hart's a guy that's struggled to stay healthy in his career. When he was out last year, they were a different team. The better Jaden Mickey is, the less chance they have that kind of drop off. Should Cam go down. I think Jaden showed flashes last year. I think he had a great spring. And the two practices that we saw plus the uh the spring game, I thought Jaden was outstanding. Can he take that? And remember, when he his first year, his first semester that spring, he was really good in the spring as well. But the big concern we had at the time was he's a little jumpy. He likes to jump stuff. He's a little too aggressive, and that cost him last year. Can he settle in and kind of become that kind of player for Notre Dame? That's going to be a question because if Jaden Mickey can become, hey, he is a legitimate number three corner for your team, meaning he can step in and play just fine if a starter goes down, that's important for Notre Dame. He's more of a field guy now, but I think if he needed to, he could step in and play in the boundary. So I think Jaden Mickey having an emergence is going to be very important for Notre Dame this year in the secondary. Because also, on top of if a guy goes down, if Jaden steps up to where you're in a situation where, like last year, you didn't care who was a running back, Logan or, or Audric, And in my opinion, if you used him correctly, I wouldn't have cared if it was Chris Tyree, if you used him properly. Say like, hey, they can all play. Then there's years where it's kind of like, uh, there's a little bit of a drop-off when Tony Jones comes off the field because, you know, Sebo C- C- Flemister and Jameer Smith aren't on the same level as t- Tony Jones. There's been years like that as well. 2018 was like that to a degree with Dexter Williams. With all due respect to Tony Jones and Jafar Armstrong in 2018, they weren't Dex. And it's not a coincidence that the offense really took off run game-wise when Dex came back. I mean, first carry of the game was, what, like a 45-yard touchdown? You know, Averaged like six some yards a carry, he was a big play weapon. You, cornerback's a similar situation. So, with the running back last year, you didn't have to overload Audrick or Logan Diggs because you could just run the other guy. With Cam Hart being, I want to say, injury prone, but a guy that has an injury history, put it that way. If Jaden Mickey steps up and says, Hey, this guy's a starting caliber player. He may not be a starter for us, but he's a starting caliber player. What that allows Mike Mickens to do is say, hey, look, we don't need to play Cam every single snap of every single game. We can rotate him in and out. We can do some different things. Maybe there's some matchups where you like to put him in the, the slot against a certain look or whatever the case may be. But just get him off the field, save some of that wear and tear. You can do it in, obviously, the the Tennessee States and the Navies. But even in a, in a game like Ohio State where – you know, you you can spell Cam for two, three series. All of a sudden, you get to the first quarter, fourth quarter, and Ohio State's saying, "Hey, now it's time. We're going to really take advantage of, of of your secondary with our receivers because we're not playing them every single snap." Notre Dame said, "Hey, look, our guys are fresh too." And now it becomes who's going to make the technical play, the smart play, the things like that. It's not, "Hey, he beat me because I had twenty five more snaps on my legs and now wore down." It's a big part of it as well. So Jaden Mickey emerging is, plays a big role in that. Linebacker's another position where I don't know if one of the sophomore linebackers is going to beat somebody out, but I think the emergence of Nolan Ziegler and Jaden Mickey is incredibly important to this year's linebacker depth chart, special teams also, because A, they can push the veterans, and if they don't beat them out, they at least ensure that the veterans play better. Uh, if the veterans don't play better, then you've got guys capable of being starters. But even more importantly, I think you have now depth. If even let's just say Maris Lufau steps up and he's what we all hoped he would be, and J.D. Bertrand is what we think he's going to be, and Jack Kaiser is what we think he is. as you know the IB staff having Nolan Ziegler having Jalen Sneed step up in this situation still is great because just like we talked about at cornerback, J.D. Bertrand and Jack Kaiser are not the biggest guys in the world. If I can spell Jack or I mean uh, J.D. for 15, 20 snaps in and, and some games and at least 10 to 15 or say 20, 25 and maybe some of the blowout games and then 15 or so snaps in some of the bigger games, then all of a sudden he's fresh in the fourth quarter when it matters. And so if Nolan Ziegler can say, hey, look, you may be the starter right now, but I'm capable of being an impact player. Now, if your coach is smart, he's going to say, hey, we're going to get this kid on the field as well. This is going to make sure that we keep J.D. fresh and we keep Maris fresh, and we keep Jack fresh, Jack Kaiser fresh. That's a big part of it. And then, so when you look at Nolan Ziegler, to me, he can play Mike, he can play Will. So it'd be very easy for Notre Dame to find 25, 30 snaps for Nolan, even if he's not a starter, as a guy that's playing uh, in that rotation role at Mike and Will. Sort of like what Greer Martini did at times, sort of like what Tavon Coney did in 2017. And then you look at Jalen Sneed. And he's going to be a very interesting player for Notre Dame this year. He is still very raw when it comes to executing his assignments and knowing all that, because a a bit of a lot of it is he never played linebacker for any sustained period of time in high school. He had to play quarterback, running back, defensive end, slot, inside backer. He did it all, so he's still a little bit of a work in progress from a from a technical and assignment correctness standpoint. But you know what? He also is an, an explosive athlete that has a knack for getting to the football. So he's another guy that if Jalen Steed can say, hey, look, even if you don't think I'm starter caliber, I need to play because I'm that good. Not with words, but with how he performs. Then all of a sudden you say, hey, there's a role for this guy. I think of the role Jack Lamb had in 2019. I think of the role Bo Bauer had at the very least in that sort of that nickel role where you can bring him in, drop him into coverage, but even more so, let him rush a quarterback. We talked to a couple of recruits that were to practice one time And they were like, yeah, there's this one guy that was just getting after the quarterback a lot. And and we're like, well, who was it? Like, I don't know who it was. Well, what was his number? It was number three. Are you sure number three? Yeah, yeah, definitely number three. Well, who's that? It's Jalen Snead. And so he's rushing the quarterback making plays. And so I think if those two kids can take their strong springs and, and into the fall, they can not only beat guys out potentially, but they at the very least give you depth and some really good athleticism off the bench to help keep you fresh. I think those are all important pieces of it. Same thing at, at Viper. You know, obviously Jordan Patelho right now projects to be the starter, but the more Junior Tialamaka and Josh Burnham can spell him, can give, you know, impact production, can help uh really say hey, look, we don't have to play Jordan Patelho 40, 50, 60 snaps a game. We can spell guys, we can give other guys time to play. Uh we can give other guys um you know, opportunities on this package, that package. All of a sudden, you got different skill sets coming at you as a defense. It makes it a lot harder for those teams to prepare. Again, just like we talked about the offense, if one snap I have to deal with Jordan Patelho and his skill set, and the next snap, 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 next snap I have to deal with Josh Burnham and what he brings to the table, and then Junior Tualamaka comes at me and just runs right through me, it, it gets a little frustrating and challenging for an offensive lineman and a coordinator. So I think those are things where if you look at Josh Burnham and Junior Tui Alamaka, they're very different players. They bring a very interesting skill set that could really help you from a depth standpoint. I think those guys are very important to what Notre Dame is going to try to do this year. So that's a lot of sophomores. I didn't even get into Tyson Ford and Aiden Gobira, uh, you know, guys that you say, hey, maybe these guys might help. I'm not even counting on them this season. I'm looking at guys that just right now need to step up, plan on being in the rotation, and guys are going to have opportunities to make plays. If the sophomore class can can step up, and thrive in those roles, whether it's as a starter or as a depth player, we're gonna look back and say, Yes, Sam Hartman was this and Riley Mills was that and Patelho was this and this guy was that, Cam Hart was that or whatever. But we're gonna say, Man, where have they have been without the sophomores? And I think that's the role that they can play this year. And I'm excited to see and very curious to see how those guys produce.